So 2 Samuel chapter 7, I'll read, I'll read the chapter first, and uh, we'll see where we're at. 2 Samuel chapter 7, Now it came to pass when the king was dwelling in his house, and the Lord had given him rest from all his enemies all around, that the king said to Nathan the prophet, See now, I dwell in a house of cedar, but the ark of God dwells inside tent curtains. Then Nathan said to the king, Go, do all that is in your heart, for the Lord is with you. But it happened that night that the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell my servant David, thus says the Lord, Would you build a house for me to dwell in? For I have not dwelt in the house since the time that I brought the children of Israel up from Egypt, even to this day, but have moved about in a tent and in a tabernacle. Wherever I have moved about with all the children of Israel, have I ever spoken a word to anyone from the tribes of Israel, whom I command to shepherd my people Israel, saying, Why have you not built me a house of cedar? <clears throat> now therefore, thus shall you say to my servant David, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I took you from the sheepfold, from, the, from following the sheep, to be ruler over my people, over Israel. And I have been with you wherever you have gone, and have cut off all your enemies from before you, and have made you a great name, like the name of the great men who are on earth. Moreover, I will appoint a place for my people Israel, and will plant them, that they may dwell in a place of their own and move no more, nor shall the wickedness oppress them, nor shall the sons of wickedness oppress them any more as previously, since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel, and have caused you to rest from all your enemies. Also the Lord tells you that he will make you a house. When your days are fulfilled and you rest with your fathers, I will set up a seed after you, who will come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. If he commits iniquity, I will chasten him with the rod of men, and with the blows of the son of men. But my mercy shall not depart from him, as I took it from Saul, who I removed from before you. And your house and your kingdom shall be established forever, because you are before, uh, established forever before you. Your throne shall be established forever. According to all these words and according to all this vision, so Nathan spoke to David. Then King David went in and sat before the Lord, and he said, Who am I, O Lord God, that, and what is my house, that you have brought me the, this far? And yet this was a small thing in your sight, O Lord God, and you have also spoken of your servant's house for a great while to come. Is this the manner of man, O Lord God? Now what more can David say to you? For you, Lord God, know your servant. For your word's sake, and according to your own heart, you have done all these great things to make your servant know them. Therefore, you are great, O Lord God, for there is none like you, nor is there any God besides you, according to all that we have heard with our ears. And who is like your people, like Israel, the one nation on the earth whom God went to redeem for himself as a people, to make for himself a name, and to do for yourself great and awesome deeds for your land, before your people whom you redeemed yourself from Egypt, the nations, and their gods? For you have made your people Israel your very own people forever, and you, Lord, have become their God. Now, O Lord God, the word which you have spoken concerning your servant and concerning his house, establish it forever, as do, uh, and do as you have said. So let your name be magnified forever, saying, The Lord of hosts is the God over Israel, 
and let the house of your servant David be established before you. For you, O Lord of hosts, God of Israel, have revealed this to your servant, saying, I will build you a house. Therefore your servant has found it in his heart to pray this prayer to you. And now, O Lord God, you are God, and your words are true, and you have promised this goodness to your servant. Now therefore let it please you to bless the house of your servant, that it may continue before you forever. For you, O Lord God, have spoken it, and with your blessing let the house of your servant be blessed forever. Amen. Amen. So this is a pretty significant chapter when you look at um, the prophetic uh, workings of God, especially when you we look at you know the future prophets. We look at the coming of the Lord Jesus. A lot can be brought back to this very chapter because God essentially is telling David that the uh, Messiah will come from his line. And we know, having the finished word of God, that the genealogy traces back here to David. It traces all the way back to uh, the beginning of time, the beginning of man, but specifically here to David. And uh, David is such a prominent figure in the Old Testament that uh, when we get to chapter 1 of Luke, I think it is, that this throne of David, is, it's, it's referred to as the throne of David, that uh, Christ will set up, that Christ will sit on. Uh, it's the throne of David. So when, when God says here to Nathan in chapter 7 that uh, he will establish uh, his kingdom forever, that's the, the line, David's family line, established through Christ, at Christ's, at Christ's coming. Um, so really important uh, chapter, or not just chapter, but, you know, part in, in God's uh, timetable here. But if we just back up to, to how this, you know, chapter begins, um, this is coming off the ark being brought back into Jerusalem um, that David wants to establish um, Jerusalem as, as headquarters and, and that being Zion uh, he the presence of God uh, David wants there and so he's bringing back the um, the ark one of the main articles in inside of the tabernacle um, he's, he brings into now he, he does it in a wrong way to begin with consults the Lord searches the scriptures realizes the errors of his ways and brings it in the right way um, and then uh, we can see just like a natural reaction from David with the affections of his heart being on the Lord that he, it seems wrong for him that he's living in a house of cedar. He says, see now I dwell in a house of cedar. This is verse 2. But the ark of God dwells inside tent curtains. It doesn't seem right. And we can understand and empathize with David that if 
we had the same feelings as we do about the Lord, that we would want God to be honored in a greater way than just in a tent, just in a curtain. We'd want him in a house, a house of cedar. We'd want to honor him, establish him, you know, his house in Jerusalem uh, like David did. So it's not like this is, again, a bad thing for David to want to do. Bringing the ark into Jerusalem was not a bad thing. It was the, he, it was the right thing. We can agree on that. Wanting to honor the Lord is the right thing. But doing it in a wrong way, as Brother Michael said, there's a good odyssey about this, right? Yeah, can we say that in this? Can we say that? Can we say that? There's a good Odyssey episode, Adventures of Odyssey. I haven't heard it yet, but I, apparently I need to listen to it. But there's a there's a right way to do things. There's, 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 there's a right way to do the right thing. There's also the wrong way to do a wrong thing. <laughs> But there's definitely a a, uh, a wrong way to do a right thing. So David does this in the wrong way. And that kind of bleeds into, in chapter 7, him wanting again to do something that's the right thing, but goes about it, not necessarily in the wrong way, because he talks to Nathan. Who's, uh, who's, who's Nathan? Who is Nathan? He's a prophet. The king said to Nathan in chapter 2, the king said to Nathan, the prophet. So we're seeking counsel from a man of God. And Nathan, right thing to do, right? But they're consulting together with each other. Man to man. And well, again, like we could empathize with David and say, hey, David, I'm with you, man. I think you're doing the right thing. I mean, yes, let's honor God in the best possible way we can. Let's build him a house. And Nathan, he says, hey, you've got the right idea in your heart, man. you got the right intentions. God knows your heart. He says, Nathan, he says, go do that's all that's in your heart for the Lord is with you. That's the counsel of the prophet. Well, there's no indication here that they prayed about it. There's no indication that they sought counsel from God. And I think we can, you know, if we want to apply this to our own lives, I think we can think of, I can think of examples in my own life or examples in other people's lives or examples that we, that we've, uh, experiences that we've had ourselves where it seems right to do it, that we all have good intentions, but there was no consultation with God, there was no prayer. We just thought, well, I'll just do it, and then on the back I'll slap a prayer on the end and that'll be good. I can just get the stamp after I... Dedicated I yeah, dedicate it to the Lord, right, right. In Jesus, name. In Jesus' name, there we go, there we go. All we need to do is just put a little is, is in Jesus' name on the back of it, and it's got to be the right thing, right? But, but uh, you know, David's heart's desire was, you know, profound in his devotion 
you know, to the Lord, even in bringing in the ark, uh-huh. you know, uh, he says in, in Psalm uh, 132, uh, surely I will not, this is verse 3, Psalm 132, 30, surely I will not come into the tabernacle of my house, nor go up into my bed, I will not give sleep to mine eyes, or slumber to my eyelids, until I found out a place, I find out a place for the Lord, a habitation for the mighty God of Jacob. Mm-hmm. And, and he had the understanding in verse 13, for the Lord hath chosen Zion mm-hmm. for his habitation. So, you know, he had, uh, it wasn't complete. Yeah. And no one has complete, uh, understanding of God's counsels, you know, but he, his heart was devoted and he knew that Jerusalem was the place the ark needed to be. So, sure. And when he, uh, talks and I was looking at it in First Chronicles 29, when he talks about the temple, he, he says, uh, uh, in, uh, First Chronicles 29 and verse 2. Now I have prepared with all my might mm. for the house of my God. Verse 3. Moreover, because I have set my affection mm-hmm. in the house of my God. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's just, he goes on in, in that kind of mindset. Now, God had told him, and we find it in chapter 28 as to why he couldn't build a house in First Chronicles 28. Verse 2, in the middle, or starting verse 2, then King, David the king stood upon his feet and said, Hear me, my people, uh, my brethren, and my people. As for me, I had in my heart to build a house of rest for the ark of God of the covenant of the Lord and for the footstool of our God, and it made ready for the building. But God said unto me, Thou shalt not build a house for my name, because thou hast been a man of war mm-hmm. and hast shed blood. Mm-hmm. So the temple was all about peace. Solomon, the king of peace. Right. But, but I mean, just see David, uh, you know, who has had affections like that for God. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, he was a passionate guy. That's what got him, he got him in trouble. Yeah. His passion. Right. Because he didn't always restrain them, right? But uh, uh, you, you read this and you see, you know, what was in his heart, and it's it's really beautiful, right? Yeah, yeah. His his, his passion was his strength and his weakness. Yeah, but um, yeah, you're 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 exactly right. Um, I mean, yeah, what was in his heart was was. We can't fault him for what was in his heart, for sure. Um, but God had other, God had other plans, right. like Brother Lance just read in First Chronicles twenty eight. But like bringing back the ark, I mean that was certainly, I mean, you know, David's heart's desire. Mm-hmm. But like you said, did it the wrong way. Mm-hmm. So this is almost like deja vu all over again. Mm-hmm. Wants to do this with all of his hearts and great desires. I mean, it's a really, you know, noble, godly thought. 
and desire, but you know, like you say, it's going to result in like the word, or looking for instructions, anything like that. Right. But still, the ark is separate from the tabernacle. Mm -hmm. The rest of the and his passion for God was so strong that even Nathan, the prophet, didn't disagree with him. This this has to be the right well, the thing. Priest, you know, the priest didn't correct David either. I mean, when they built this ark on a new cut. On a new cut. They were good with that too, I yeah. guess. And they didn't say anything, so I wonder if they had in the back of their mind, is this really the first of this? I don't know. But, but I, I don't see in chapter... Seven, you know, we read in First Chronicles twenty-eight about God telling him why he couldn't build. But really, it seems here God is commending David. Yeah, uh, He never says, you know, yes. not to do it. He just says, hey, you know, listen, where did this idea come from? I want to tell you something greater. Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. I want to build you a house. Right. I mean, it wasn't like God was fine. I don't see God finding fault with David here. It, it, you know, when God tells Nathan to go back, yes, and he says, uh, "Let's uh, go and tell my servant, verse five, thus said the Lord, shalt thou build a house for me to dwell in, wherein thou not dwelt in the house that goes on." And, and, and so he didn't say no. Yeah, it doesn't he, come. He just brings before him that, that listen, you know, get out of your mind. That I'm going to be contained in the house, right? Right. right. But, but let me tell you about your house. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like it the grace of God just uh, is is overwhelming uh, upon Jacob. I mean, upon David. David sorry. Yeah. It it doesn't come across as reproof. No. It's kind of like a redirection. Yeah. 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 A redirection. Yeah. yeah. You're trying to make you're trying to make me small. I don't fit. I don't fit in a house. I'm I'm infinite. I'm having I'm lost. Uh, we talked about the, the temple that his son built. Yeah, yeah. So this, last time, sorry, I was confused before, but last time we talked about the ark that we did down, blah, 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 which is the temple. That the temple. Right? That's that's Solomon that's Solomon the Solomon ends up. The Solomon builds. Right. So we're talking about chapter 7 is making Yeah, yeah. So David, you know, he expresses to his, his the prophet, Nathan, that he wants to build God a house. And Nathan says, go ahead, do everything that's in your heart. We're saying that it was the right thing in, in David's heart. God never reproves him for having that thought or that affection towards him or that passion but uh, God has other plans and there's, there's a slight error I would say in that David and Nathan didn't get together well they did get together but well, they didn't get together and seek God's counsel in the matter how do we know that I, I'm, I'm reading it Keep going. I'm 
did God express it to, to, to David that he didn't want him to do it yet, or we're not there yet? Is that why I can't find it in chapter 7? Yeah, in chapter 7, like Brother Lance was saying, he doesn't say, you, you've, you've got it wrong. It's not going to be you. It, it's not going to be you. Right. Uh, uh, he, well, he says that it's not that you're going to build me a house. It's I'm going to build you a house. I'm going to establish your kingdom forever. Your your lane, your name will be established forever. Your family will be blessed forever. And doesn't tell him at this time. I don't, at least I don't remember reading it. That well, it, he's, he mentions that um, in verse twelve, when your days are fulfilled, you will rest with your fathers. I will set up your seed after you, yes. who will come from your body, and I will establish his kingdom. He shall build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Now it's talking about two two people here. That gets fulfilled partially by Solomon, by his son, but it's also speaking about a future son, a future seed that is the Lord Jesus, and He will establish that kingdom forever. I think it's important that whether it's the ark or the temple, that uh, David's heart desire. Is is, is is godly and from God. Mm-hmm. It was from God to you know to have the ark. Right. It was from God that he should have this uh, temple. I mean, God obviously uh, had uh, he was directing by his spirit these things. But David, he, he doesn't quit on the on the ark. You know, over the incident of Uzzah, he doesn't quit on this. Uh, the building of the, mm-hmm. of the temple mm-hmm. because these were things that were in the will of God. Mm-hmm. I mean, so it's far better to be in the will of God is in a heart, a right heart desire. And then as you said, God redirects you when you are in error right. than it is to be, you know, lethargic and, and uh, yeah. not, not concerned about God's things. Right. Right. Yeah. See, David had to, had to learn, had to wait. Some people need to learn how to act. See, David was a man of action. Um, I mean, he sought God's counsel. And we see some highlights in his life. I mean, this this really is a highlight of, of David's life. Um, there's some lowlights too, because you know he's a man of action. But uh, yeah, some people need to. God is teaching them uh, how to wait, how to wait upon the Lord, and uh, that can be dif- difficult, especially for people who like to like to get things done. You know, now we're coming toward the latter half of a part of his life. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's it's so good for in the latter part of your life that you have a focus on uh, on the on the things of God and of accomplishing, you know, what you can for God. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, David, you know, is he's passing the baton. Back in, in chapter first Chronicles twenty nine, again I have prepared with all of my might. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, he, he you know he had the plans. He's not given the plans. Right. He had the supplies. He says the only thing Solomon has the only temple he yeah. has is one between his eyes. The one on the side of his head. The side of yeah, the, right. That's where the temple is. No. Yeah. So, yeah. But, but he says I've set my affection. In the house of my God, in verse three of First Chronicles twenty-nine. So, I mean, just think of this in relation to uh, retirement. Mm-hmm. People that 
you know, okay, they, they've earned a retirement in the things of this world. And then they die because, you know, really retirement in and of itself is not accomplishment. And God has made men and women to accomplish. Right. 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 So here he has a goal, something to accomplish for God. I mean, this is really wonderful. You mm-hmm. know, yes. Sister Betsy has mentioned, you know, why is God leaving me here? You know, wondering what the purpose is. David had a purpose from God. And, uh, that, that, I mean, that's priceless. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he was with, like you said, he prepared everything for Solomon. Yes. I mean, that's why Javon and McGee says it should have been called Ethan's, David's temple, uh-huh. not Solomon's temple. Because David did everything plans, supplies, spent the latter part of his life making sure everything was ready. So when Solomon, all Solomon had to do was just, yeah. okay, go to work. And, and you can make applications since Betsy's here. You know, she is seeking to. Uh, uh, to pass the baton, as David was with Solomon, to her children, her grandchildren. And uh, that's what she is obviously here to accomplish, mm-hmm. which is a purpose that gives uh, a sense of, of dignity to her life, even though, you know, in the situation she's in. Amen. Do we know why, they, why God did not let David yeah, we read it. First uh, Chronicles twenty-eight. First Chronicles twenty-eight. He was a man of war, and he shed blood. Verse three, twenty-eight, three. But even that is not a criticism of it. Yeah, no, no. You know, that was his like, role. You know, you're right. not going to build a house because of what you did, you know, with Uriah, yeah, Bathsheba or something. Right. It's just, I mean, because he was supposed to fight the Philistines. Yes. We were supposed to yep. finish what Saul never did. Yep. Yes, right. <coughs> yes, you can see this as a uh, an attempt to uh, the tabernacle in the, or the original tabernacle was 450 years prior to this. So it goes through the desert, goes through all the judges, and all the confusion, all the failure, then you get to, you know, they lose it. You get to um, the first king, Saul, and he's a big failure. And then they lose the ark for a while. So for David to, like, try and uh, start, you know, uh, uh, bringing, uh, you know, God and the tabernacle, all this idea back together is a big push in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you think about Nathan? Somebody comes to you for counsel. Yep. And, you know, you're the prophet. Yeah. You know, you're supposed to be the one that will communicate God's thoughts. Right. And it's really striking that he did not himself or with David Mm -hmm. look to the Lord. Amen to that. I mean, it's, it's almost like a knee-jerk reaction. Nathan says, yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah, so one thing, David's the king, and he's like the conquering king, and the yeah. acknowledged king, and yeah. number two, they seem to be pretty close. Mm-hmm. Good relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't want to get like too... 
you know, mean, you can just deep on, on Nathan. That. I mean, you just see kind of like, a, I don't say pressure, but you just see, uh, you know, uh, Nathan wanted to throw in with David. Yeah, it'd be very easy to be a yes man yeah, around someone like David. I just think about what you said that they got along, right? You reprove a wise man and you will love him. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, Nathan really reproved David. Uh, yeah, right, right, later on. Uh, yes. <clears throat> and, uh, <clears throat> and, you know, the wise man is going to love him for it. Mm-hmm. He's going to be thankful for the correction. Right. Put him back on track. Yeah. But, like, just like in the, I mean, the two different examples, really, but um, in the last chapter, the priest never said anything. Right. They never corrected David. Yes. Right. Said, so, well, hey, hang on. Supposed to carry this thing. That's what. Yes. That was, I mean, let's let's go back to God's word. This is how He set it up. This is the way we're supposed. To, this is the order for things. But He's the king. But He's the king, and it's David. <laughs> it's so David would be a hard guy to say no to. Exactly. You know, hey, Dave. Hey, I want to go build a house. Nope. That's one of the things that. Uh, Talk to God. He said no. You know, this idea of separation of powers. Mm-hmm. You know, for our Checks and balances from these situations like that. Yeah. Priests had their duties. King had his. Mm-hmm. But things have been such failure for so long, and now you got this great magnanimous king. Mm-hmm. You know, like the priest as well as Nathan would want to like, just, yeah, go ahead, mm-hmm. go ahead. Mm-hmm. Hey, but like like Brother Lynn said, there's no like reproof even on Nathan's part. God doesn't say, "Hey, Nathan, what are you doing? Stop everything." You should have asked me first. Here's the here's what we're doing. No, it's uh, he tells Nathan just to pass on the message. It's not about building me a house. I've got plans for you. I've got plans for your house. I've got plans for your family, for your seed. I mean, and that's what turns David, uh, you know, to his knees because his reaction to this is, is uh, you know, we have you know, eighteen through. Verse twenty nine, end of the chapter. I mean, just this like beautiful prayer from David, just an outpouring of his heart. I mean, he pulls out his heart so much he just he, he even says, "I don't even know. I'm lost for words. I don't even know what to say." God's plans. I see God's plans. Yeah, for sure. But I mean, our plans, even if our plans are to honor God, and there might be good plans, God just says, good plan, but I want you to go this way first. Or I've set that aside for somebody else. This is what I've got for you. But again, you know, going back to all of the ruin that Israel has come from with the time of the judges, you know, the tabernacle is, where was it? Uh, Shiloh, or oh, ends Shiloh up in Gibeon. Or, they find it in Gibeon. Gibeon, yeah. 
stops in Shiloh and we find it again in Gideon. Yeah. So back in the previous chapter where they bring the ark in, chapter 6, verse 17, what did they do with the ark? Well, they brought it, the ark of the Lord, and set it in its place inside the special tent that David had prepared for. Mm -hmm. And then David sacrificed burnt offerings and peace offerings unto the Lord. So even though, you know, the brazen, Moses brazen altar, you know, from 450 years ago, is not there. I mean, he must have made an altar because he made mm -hmm. burnt sacrifice. Which is all, you know, consumed by the Lord. So, I mean, well, you know, the, in other words, the principles, you know, of this, of, you know, offering sacrifice to the Lord is there. Mm -hmm. Even though they only have the tabernacle and the holy place and the holy of holies and outside the burnt offering, you know, the brazen altar and all that, at least... There's, they made an altar, burning sacrifices. So it's like a hen, it's headed the right direction. <laughs> After all this ruin, right. you know, and, and complete, you know, I don't say destruction, but just the ruin that they've done and this disarray that they've come from. Mm. You know, it's in that uh, last chapter when David does the census, God didn't tell him to go get the, uh, the brazen altar. Bring it to Jerusalem, so it right. doesn't fill at all there. So, in, in that uh, separation of the ark and the tabernacle, uh, God, as you said, continued with his principles of yes. sacrifice right. and uh, approaching the Lord. Yeah, build, yeah exactly. Mm. Uh, approaching. Mm. This what we have so from the time he showed up at the when the Israel was challenged by the giant, David questioned the king himself. What am I going to fight in this fight? From the time up to this time in the second in Samuel, was very painful. His, his mind, his heart, was filled with God's, uh, with God's, uh, his mind was filled with God. Whether it's, it goes in the right direction or not, his heart and his mind was set in God. And uh, even from the difficulties, even through War and peace, his mind, his heart, his words, set on the right place. It might not be the right direction, and you mentioned his grace. That he needed to, uh, to be guided a little bit. In our words today, except a little bit in your GPS, go this way. Mm -hmm. And uh, I see that that that's a good kind of thing. I feel like my with God in my faith is starting that I may know him as God said, and to fill our minds with Christ so that we become Christ like. Mm -hmm. And I also I saw also you with uh 
Bible study earlier, which is Jesus Christ said, Come down to me, I will be you at your house. And now I see here on David. I'll build your house, you go there. Yeah. God is concerned about the place where he could go with us. Chronicles 28, when David is addressing, you know, his, his time is passing with the sons of Solomon. Mm -hmm. In First uh, Chronicles 28, verse 2, Then David the king stood up on his feet and said, Hear me, my brethren and my people. As for me, I had in my heart to build a house of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord and for the footstool of our God, and it made and ready and have made ready for the building. But God said unto me, Thou shalt not build a house for my name, because thou hast been a man of war and shed blood. So, you know, David understood this was to be a house of rest, but he was not. Uh, he was not the picture of rest. You know, he had, he had warfare. But right. then God, in verse uh, uh, eleven. Then David gave to Solomon, his son, the pattern of the porch and the house and so forth. Verse 12. And the pattern of all that he, by the spirit of the courts of the house of the Lord and the chambers. In other words, God gave to David the whole layout yeah. of the temple. David then pursues, you know, uh, all the the necessary building materials and the, the treasure that would be needed. I mean, this thing was like, you know, gold on gold. Right, and, right. And, uh, and he did it with all of his heart, as he says in chapter 29. So it, uh, I mean, I think it's important that to see that there is no way that David is being reproved in this chapter. Right. As compared, you know, I mean, with what happened with us. Right, in the previous chapter. That's right. Yeah. Two different two different things going on there. Yeah, you just think about like the plans that he had as when you keep reading that chapter, you know, the weight of everything was laid out. I mean yeah. this wasn't like a you know, like a A four piece of paper with yeah. a scribble on it. This would have been like a binder. Yeah. You know, like like hey, here's instructions, here's the chapter on a lampstand. Yeah. You know? Well, you know, down to the dimensions to the weight everything mm -hmm. and then not only that you know here's the key to the storage locker with all the gold in it for the lampstand that i've already measured out by weight you know he had everything planned it's when when we read that he prepared uh with all his might 
Yeah. I mean, this you wouldn't have just taken a couple of weeks of planning. This is like this is his life's work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It has a different role to play. Mm-hmm. In, in what you mentioned, you, know, you mentioned the, the candlestick. God had, you know, given uh, men a special ability in craftsmanship. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I was just looking at Zaliel and uh, in, in Exodus 31 and uh, and Eliab in verse 6 and and he had given them special wisdom and that temple as you get into it was was intricate Mm. just like you know just like but I mean similar to the tabernacle there was a lot of intricacies there that uh, that engineering wise and uh, just all of them Mm -hmm. I mean, there had to be men that got gifted to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was reading in Exodus 31, verse 2, and on. And that's the same temple that Ezra and Nehemiah go to the place there. Which one is that? Ezra and Nehemiah, when they go back to the and rebuild the temple, that's the temple we're talking about that's all Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they would have seen you know that in all of its glory, and then to see it in in in, yeah. in rubble would have been yeah. That's why some kind of, of them picture. wept. Those who had seen it before yeah. wept, right? And those that hadn't rejoiced. Yeah, right. yeah, right, because they they never saw yeah. they, David Solomon's temple. You know, God had brought them back. This. Yeah, right. And the others are putting it in the context of how what small. it used to be. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> right. right. And it's a middle wall. No, first thing from Jerusalem and people insert their prayers. Is that what that is? I don't. I have no idea about. You talking about the Wailing it's, Wall? It's still San Antonio Fort Wall. That's what. That's what I mean. Yeah, the Temple Mount is the same. It's still there. Yeah. Uh-huh. But but the but you can go down and see these these huge stones that you know we're talking about. The remember they. They put these stones together, and you didn't. And when, when they put it in the temple, you didn't hear the sound of a chisel or a hammer. Yeah. Because they had so perfected them, you know, that they just set right in place. Yeah. So it, I mean, this is yeah. really, really. What do they call you know, that today? They call it um, prefab. <laughs> like it's some new, new technology, like prefabrication, and then you just build the house in like two days. Seems like old technology. Why well, yeah, the the pyramids? That's that's a work of art too. I mean, we don't. I still don't know how they how they put that together. 
And those pyramids were all white. They were all what? They were all white? Yeah, the whole thing was white, and then they had, you know, the Egyptian paintings. Uh-huh. You can see some of the white, you know, just like uh, on these part, all the stones right now. I mean, yeah. in, in other words, whatever the white material is, uh-huh. the it wasn't just you're looking at stones, like some primitive thing. You saw something that was magnificent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, the one that we see, there's some pictures, that it is brown. It is uh, colored, dry, applied to the Say that again? Uh, basically, paint dyes applied to the original material. I don't know what the material was, but uh, you, you can see in the ruins, particularly things that are in caves that have not received sunlight, but even in, in uh, Luxor and places where the uh, uh, larger uh, temple buildings are, the colors that they use. I mean, they used a lot of colors. Mm-hmm. So that, you know, the pyramids, well, like I said, I mean, something just magnificent to look at. Mm-hmm. 